1: The Andy J Podcast. The Andy J Podcast. The Andy J Podcast. Well, hello there. Welcome to another episode of the Andy J Podcast. And this time, well, things are rather handsome. It is the most attractive show we could put out for you. (laughs) Uh, Typical for a podcast that's not much use, is it? But no, today I am chatting to a man who I've known for almost a decade or possibly longer. I can't really remember, but he's such a lovely man. I can tell you in that time, I have gone from being, you know moderately youthful looking to uh, looking like Emperor Palpatine from Star Wars. However, he remains exactly the same. I mean, I remember when I first met him, he looked exactly how he looks right now. The same amount of time has passed in both our lives, and yet he looks identical. (laughs) And I am aging like a crazy prune. But that's okay. I'm comfortable in my skin. And besides, this guy is the world's most successful male supermodel. You'll know him from campaigns for Dolce and Gabbana alongside Naomi Campbell, Scarlett Johansson, Jennifer Lopez, and many more. He's also, a, well, I'll tell you what, you can find out in this chat. He's just a top man. I've spoken to David many times, and I always enjoy his company. I would consider him to be a friend. I, I really do value his uh, his thoughts, his outlook on life. He does so many good things that we didn't get a chance to touch on because this was a recording we made for the Talk Sports show. So naturally, we need to veer a little bit into sporty stuff and car stuff. But I can tell you, sort of away from this conversation, David is a huge advocate of animal welfare. I think he he could and would have been a vet if uh, life had presented him the opportunity to do so. He loves animals so much. He's He's just one of really good guys. He's a proper grafter. You know, he has earned his place in society by putting the hours in and analysing everything he does. He's not just someone who's handsome and takes a good photo, although he does happen to take a good photo and be handsome. (laughs) Anyway, listen, thank you so much for listening to this episode, for choosing the Andy J podcast. You guys are the best. I really appreciate it. Please enjoy this lovely half hour or so with Mr. David Gandhi. The Andy J Podcast. Joining me now is a man I've known for the best part of a decade. He is probably the world's most successful male supermodel. He's obviously had huge campaigns across the years with Dolce & Gabbana, alongside Naomi Campbell, Scarlett Johansson, Jennifer Lopez and many more. He also happens to be a massive classic car nut, an enthusiast, a collector, a journalist. He's a businessman. And he's irritatingly handsome. In fact, lots of people often say to me, so what's David Gandy actually like? And I begrudgingly have to say he's a lovely man. But I do add that he smells terrible and he has awful piles. David, how are you doing?
0: All right, sir. Thank you. (laughs) wondering what you're going to say there. What (laughs) is David really like? Wow. (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's well. you're one of those irritating men that is staggeringly attractive as you know you've made a great career out of it but also happens to be a very nice bloke with with completely aligned values and uh passions as me so i have to tell people like you've got terrible breath or something because otherwise you know you'd just be like Well, too... you know,
0: well the, 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 the two young kids are doing their best to uh age me as best they can within the last like three and a half years so uh yeah, but, you know, car fans, I mean, that's one of the things, aren't they? Like anyone who's car passionate, there's, there's always something to talk about.
1: There is, there
0: is. Fun, finding a passion with someone. A bit like, you know, same with football. Football, you find a passion with someone. It doesn't actually matter where you are. It doesn't matter if there's a massive language barrier. I, I can speak to my, my uh, brother-in-law's cousin, who doesn't speak much English, and I don't, my, you know, don't speak hardly any Spanish. But somehow we have a conversation about cars which is uh, Brilliant. quite extraordinary sometimes.
1: Brilliant. These these are the great dividers, aren't they? I mean, this is the lovely thing where actually, I, I often say this to my boys, like you, you've got two girls, I've got three boys, and I often say to them, look, there are so many things that translate universally, and football and cars tend to be the two that have served me. You know, like you, I've worked all over the world for far too many years, and yeah, you can just yeah. chat to anyone. Wherever you are in the world, talk football, talk cars, someone wants to chat to you. It's It's a lovely language, isn't it?
0: True. It's true, very true. which I like. Well, yeah, it's um. Yeah, and I obviously I support Spurs, so there's always someone willing to take the Mickey out of me, of course, <laughs> for one way or another.
1: Well, look, we have to let's let's get started because obviously this opportunity to talk to you. Obviously, we're going to get onto cars and we'll do some dream drives in due course. Naturally, it'd be rude of us not to. But I have to tell everybody that you have now not only with your supermodel life, not only have you carried on your amazing career, but you also. Have Your Own Business Now, David Gandy Wellwear, a full-on fashion label, which basically, David, I'm setting you up as a voice of authority to talk about certain famous people's fashion senses. We're going to look at footballers, okay. and we're going to look at motorsport, okay? Let's get started with Lewis Hamilton, okay? Formula One's Thanks. finest. I love the bloke. I'm not sure what you think of him, but he does make headlines for stepping out in alternative clothing.
0: Yeah,
1: What's your view on how he looks?
0: There's, I love individual, you know, individuals and individuality, um, and that's what he is doing. He's an individual, and whether you like it or not, um, that's not really for people to take. Right. And that's my take on stuff. I won't criticise people's dress sense. I may not appreciate it. Might you know? Might not? I, I always appreciate people being an individual. And I say, well, I couldn't wear that. But it doesn't matter if I couldn't wear it. It, it matters how that person feels in, in what they're wearing. So if you've got the confidence to wear something and you're, you're different, you know, it, it's looking different from everywhere else, then I say, I commend them. I think that's great. And that's how fashion, in, at the end of the day, and is, is you know, being in the fashion industry, we all look at things that are different on the runway. Um, we all learn the first initiative. And come out and say we will never wear that. And then sometimes you 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 don't realise, but over the years, people then go towards that friend. Um, it's you know it's it's it, it's it's quite a, you know, like a funny thing. Um, you're all I, I'm inspired by. You know, sort of traditional. I suppose tailoring, uh, tailoring fabrics fits. Um, you know, Hollywood greats Paul Newman, Steve McQueen. Yeah, that they're, they're who inspire me. But someone could look at me and say, Well, you wear suits and you're you know, and t shirts and jeans and double denim and stuff like that, and criticize me. And they could do, but that's what I'm comfortable in And I think that's the most important element of anything is that if you're comfortable, um, it's your mental well being we're talking about, it's like people should you know just accept that at the end of the day. And um, Lewis does his thing, it's part of his personality, it's part of his brand, and um. I think there's anything wrong with that like you know listen you know just do what you do on the you know i always say you know if you, if you can if people are criticizing you then um you, you sort of beat them with success at the end of the day what matters is what lewis hamilton does on the you know in his f1 car on on, on the track same with footballers same with anyone
1: yeah that's, no, that's I hear where you. It, that's where it I hear you. And, and Lewis, to be fair, Lewis, I think has earned the right to wear whatever the heck he wants to. And if he feels good in it, more power to him. It, none of none of the clothes he wears would suit me. But nonetheless, I actually love his alternative style. I think it's great and more power to him. There have been some headlines about the Everton team, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, for example, and, and I think possibly his influence has rubbed off on Tom Davies and Anthony Gordon. Now, He's made headlines, or the three of them in particular have made headlines in some of the national papers along the lines of, they're easily the worst dressed squad. Does the same rules apply here, David? Because, of course, Lewis, he has done it. Everton are more upcoming as a club rather than necessarily, they haven't necessarily got the World Championships under their belt at this point in time. So, are are they equally entitled to wear what they fancy? I can't say, I know, huge amounts about what the whole of the Everton team are wearing at the moment.
0: Um, Dominic Carvin-Lewin he was on the front cover of GQ. Um, I thought he looked incredible. Absolutely incredible. Um, so, again, I'm not quite sure. I, um, I, I don't know his face outfits. it's obviously when you're, when you're shooting, then you've got stylists and teams behind you and stuff like that. Um, again, the thing is, Andy, so when anyone does something different from anyone else, it's usually... Um, you know, it usually comes with a bit of criticism right. because they aren't following. They aren't following the pack. This is this is quite a quite a famous thing. in anything is that if you do something different, um, same with a group of guys that go to the pub. Everyone is probably safe to say that they all wear the same thing and that's okay. If you try something different, then you're probably going to get the Mickey taken out of you. That's just part of being in the you know being a part of a, a lads group in the UK. You know, you you, you get the taken out of you. At the end of the day but again it's down to you know the individual style of people um you can appreciate you cannot it's um i always i always sort of say you know my my grandmother said to me she said have got nothing nice to say don't say it at all pretty much how i go on to say if someone looks good i say you look good yeah. that that's and i uh, someone if i don't think someone you know looks good i think good for you for you know for pulling that off and, and doing well it's um other
1: people, why offend other people so much? I'm not quite sure. No, that's fair, it's, dudes. Uh, Although I'm picking up on something here, David. We must have met face-to-face many, many, many times now. I've lost count. We've known each other, I don't know, about 10 years. I don't recall you yeah. ever saying to me, you look good. Which, may, which makes <laughs> 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 So the lack of compliment suggests I never I'm have. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to think about fashion disasters that I've made in my career. And, and certainly one that I know that I... I definitely made in my early years as a drummer, I had about six months of, of trying out uh, tartan trousers. And it, I mean, this nice. is this is many decades ago, thank goodness. But it's I've noticed that tartan trousers haven't made it into the well-wear range, David. I mean, t- <laughs> is there a reason there, for that? They,
0: have, <laughs> they haven't yet. <laughs> Although I love her. Uh, I've, I've done a tartan trouser before. Okay. Suit. like I, I went to the Scottish, I think it was the Scottish Fashion Awards, then... Got Taylor, a pair of tartan trousers. Loved it. I actually looked because I'm actually I think now I'm about like, it keeps going up. My DNA is like twenty five percent Scottish. My nan's name my nan's maiden name is Bruce. Okay. So um, I actually looked into the Bruce Tartan. So I thought brilliant, like we must have a lovely tartan somewhere. I swear it's the ugliest tartan I've ever seen. And there's like <laughs> about five of them.
1: How'd you make like an ugly tartan? Ones. No
0: way. And I was like, yeah, I was like, you know, why? It like, it's like orange and green and yellow. So I was like, I, I can't, I can't pull that one off, I'm afraid. Um <laughs> But yeah, I, I think, I think, I'd like everyone, we've all, we've all had fashion disasters. At the end of the day. It's finding out what you're happy in, what you're confident in. Um, you know, and, and what, you know, that that's the most important thing. It's about, we say it well where you know, we're developing clothing and, and, and designing clothing that not only hopefully makes you look good, but you feel good with it as well. So um, and that's, that's a major important thing. It plays such a major factor, clothing. People don't think it does. They underestimate this power of the psychology of, of clothing. Uh, and I won't go into it too much, but the comfort and uh, the fit and the, you know, the, the sizing, the colors of all clothing, has a psychological effect on you feeling good, you feeling confident every day. If you think one thing we do the same every day is we get dressed yeah. and we choose what to wear. And that's so, it's a major, major part of our lives. And people say, well, you know, I, I don't care what I wear, I put on anything. And I'm intrigued and say, well, so you didn't buy the clothes that you're that's what I did. So you made a choice, you made a conscious choice of why you're wearing a white t shirt, a black t shirt, a polo shirt. You know, so it's this conscious feeling that you know it, it's such an important thing, and, and people don't uh, people really underestimate it. But um, I think people are a little bit too quick off the off the mark sometimes to to criticise something that is is a bit different. Yes, um, and I have had it. You know, I started wearing but when suits were fashion, I'm probably talking ten, twelve years ago. You know, I I went into tailoring quite heavily, really interested in Savile Row and three-piece suits and everything everyone's like why are you wearing three-piece suits why are you wearing double-breasted and then slowly it comes again where you see this the fashion changes and then everyone is in suits and everyone is in three-piece and double-breasted and then that changes again we're much more relaxed now you know before the pandemic it was happening um in banks they were saying you can you can. it was like a dress down friday but they were saying all week you can chair you don't have to wear suits and then with the pandemic, everyone then became much more casual in what they were because we're having to mix between this, you know, working from home and also then going into the office.
1: Hello, I'm Amber. I work for the team that bring you this show and the Driven Chat podcast. And we love that you're listening. It would be really cool if you could just chuck us five stars, subscribe and tell your friends. Thank you. The Andy J Podcast. Yes, exactly. No, it's it's and and that I think that's what's happening with well wear as well, isn't it? You've found these fabrics and these colours that actually give people a lift. We're into holiday season now, David. Famously, yeah. plenty of people will be wearing their football strips on holiday. You mentioned you're a okay. Spurs fan. There is, of course. Yeah the third kit that's been dubbed the swimwear kit. It, it basically looks like a wet, okay. a wetsuit. Would you, you say people make a conscious choice to put their clothes on. Would you, as, a, as an Open Spurs fan, adopt the swimwear kit as a look? Would you Would you strut down the, the beaches of Greece in that amazing third strip?
0: I'm going to swerve this one completely to answer <laughs> that one and say we have the well wear poolside kit and I have to be in that, unfortunately. I've got to be in my own poolside well wellwear unfortunately it's in my contract i wrote my contract (laughs) i own the company i have to be in world um listen it's if you if you want the technical so like if people wearing technical clothing and that's what football kits are you know they're 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 technical bits of kit to either you know either take sweat and heat away from you or to put heat back into you in different you know in the different conditions that's what they're there for so if you're in a hot you know, climate and you want to wear a football kit, it's actually quite a sensible thing to do. We have technology in well You know, we have well breathe, which is antibacterial, anti-odour. We have our well-wear protect, which is UV protectant. And we have our aloe vera, which is anti-inflammatory and moisturising. So, you know, we have all these elements and it's, you know, clothing just isn't clothing now. It's like there's a lot of, you know, sort of clever technical elements that can go into clothing. And that's basically what the football kits are. I mean, I remember when Spurs, this is perfect, Spurs in the, what FA Cup final would it have been? Was it 1991? Okay. Uh, And they, I think they had their new kit for the FA Cup final, if I remember correctly. And before that, we all had the very short shorts. It was like, you know, the 80s short shorts. Um, And then they came up with now, which everyone's got the longer shorts, like they're almost like the knee length, a little bit shorter than the knee length. And I remember then everyone going, "My goodness, what a change! Like, what are Spurs thinking?" And now everyone's developed, you know, into the long shorts and the collars and everything else. So it all kind of like changes. I, I do have to say, as a footballer, when I was a young footballer, um, I loved the collar. Maybe I thought right. I was Eric Cantona, but I loved the flick of Could the turn collar. Turn it up, yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that's that's how sort of geeky sad I am. I, I love a flick of the collar. <laughs> um, and, and a lot of football kits don't have that now, which is kind of like sad to see. But uh, yeah, always endless sort of a kind bit of. And then I always remember like when you had to choose your football kit, whether you chose short sleeve or long sleeve. Yeah. I remember Gary Lineker always had long sleeve, and I was like, I'm going long sleeve. with Gary at Spurs is <laughs> like, so that's what I used to go with. It's a good so, shout. Um, and you can
1: always roll <laughs> the long sleeves up to make out that you've got better gars as
0: well, you know? Roll those sleeves up. I mean, yeah, another, another good fashion statement. Roll those sleeves <laughs> up. A lo- along, with my, uh, along with my Gary Lineker Quasar football boots. Oh, like, yeah. I'm, I'm trend- trending hard in the, in the 90s to, to fit in that. And uh, I always see the a bit like everybody says, you inter- were you interested in fashion? And I always kind of was interested, not in the fashion business, but uh, my, my mom always says I was um, very dominant about what I wanted to wear. I was very headstrong. And I remember like during the 1990 World Cup, the England shell suit, the official oh. England shell suit, like that was a statement and you couldn't have, you know, we had, we had people like who had the fake England tracksuit that was from Battle of the Market and you'd be like, well, oh, nice try. I've got the official, yeah, the official England yeah. like shell suit. Uh, um, that went on for quite a while. So you, um, just to confirm David,
1: you, fight. you fully rocked. The England shell suit. You were, you, David Gandy, supermodel to the stars, actually were a shell suit owning. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the best thing about the shell suits, they're flammable nature. They were just literally straight up, straight Um, up in flames. Yeah.
0: I I, I think that, that I think that ended. My nan ended that trend because I think she ironed it. (laughs) Oh, so, um, wow. yeah, so I, I, I think my nan might have done me a favour with uh, ironing my England my shell suit. She <laughs> might have a me
1: for Good old nan. Good old Nana Gandhi. Fantastic. Uh, David, we've got to talk cars. We, we, I mean, you are notoriously well-known for not just your passion for cars, but actually you are a curator. You find very rare, very special cars, and you spend a lot of time meticulously restoring them, don't you?
0: I do find cars. I wish I could restore them, um, that there's, there's some teams involved in that because I, I'm not sure if I would drive a car, I would, I would restore. Um, so, yes, I do. I, know, I, I love the passion of keeping something on the road uh, for everyone to enjoy. I think classic cars are for everyone to enjoy, It's fun. So my cars go around um, all the different concourses and stuff for, for people to enjoy. And again, great conversational piece. And you know, To get out of a classic car, everyone comes and chats to you about it. Um, which is which is uh, which is lovely. So um, yeah, huge passion of
1: What have you got your eye on next? Because you, we've done Mercedes, which I believe you sold. Yeah, which I was stunned. Yeah. Um, I, from the look in your face, I can tell you perhaps regret selling it. You've Done the uh, Mercedes. No,
0: actually, no, I, 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 I don't regret it because I didn't drive it as much as I wanted to. It, okay. It's a very, it's a very pretty car. It's a lovely car. It's my first restoration, um, but it's not the best car to drive. And I wasn't driving it because of that and it needed to go to people who were going to appreciate it more than me, I think. And and that's exactly what I did. And the car is now being used. Like I, the the buyers who bought it keep me up to date with uh, all their rallies around Europe. So it's, it's being properly used, oh, that's which crazy. is, which I love. That is great. That is, great. is really good. That is so great. yeah, I, uh, I, I did the, the Jaguar XK. Yep. Uh, it's probably still my favorite. Um, And then I just finished last year, the Porsche 356. Very, very pretty car, nice car. Um, So, yeah, I haven't – I'm trying not to go onto these sites at the moment because I can always find an excuse to go onto the next car. Um, Ferrari 330 GTC. There you go.
1: I knew there'd be another one. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think like (laughs) – I know. And I keep looking at them when I've done the thing where I looked at them and thought, hey, they're a very good price for a V12, classic Ferrari. And then I watch them go up by another 25 grand, another 25 grand thing. <laughs> right. Well, I'm, I've, I've missed this one now, which yeah. is slightly annoying. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think they're, again, very attractive car, pretty car, Ferrari V12, um, and not silly money for a
1: classic Ferrari. It's going to sound all amazing all day, as well, so. isn't it? I mean, there's a note be, there to that exhaust, which would just be, mamma mia. Phenomenal. Yeah. But what about modern would, cars, um, David? We haven't, we haven't, you and I have never really discussed the modern powertrains, electrification, hydrogen, and so yeah. on. Are you drawn to, yeah. I, th- I think like me, you've had a bit of time in an I-PACE. eye don't know if you've had yeah. the, the recharging challenges or whether you haven't had any range issues at all or what, but what, what's your view on, on, on where we have to go as a, as a kind of public in terms of our transportation?
0: There's a few ways of looking at it, Andy, I, I, I think a lot more research. I mean, I, I read a report the other day, and this is not me saying, you know, anything about cars and the pollution or anything else. It was simply the fact that a scientist came out and said, if you actually recorded, you know, the, the pollutants or pollution coming out of very small petrol engines with catalytic converters now and turbo, so, but they are so clean, it wouldn't be a problem. Mm. He said there are other problems that are that are much more of a feature. Whether that's true or not, I'm I'm not saying, I'm you know I'm, I'm not saying I, I don't believe that that cars are, are pollutants. But I but I but I think you yeah, have to. He was talking about tires, you know, rubber. He was talking about the you know the pollutants, the the particles particles that come from the rubber being you know used and, and worn down. Yeah. And the heavier cars, the, the, you know, the, the and the dangerousness of rubber and breathing rubbering. Um, and the particles from rubber. And of course, the heavier the cars are, the faster the cars are, the heavier you are on the rubber. So yes. you need to change your tyres more. So of course, electric cars are becoming heavier and faster, really. At the end of the day. They're not really a slow electric car. They're, they're super really fast. So probably something, you, you know, is it, interesting to talk to you because um, with a sort of electric wires, I can't get that excited about electric cars. I have to say, there is... I, 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 I drive my... Um, hybrid around, it's, it's, I drive it, I use all the, you know, all the 35 miles, I charge every night when I go to the gym, I get my 35 miles and charge, it's, and it's a very quiet, kind of lovely way of getting around London, I don't need you know, a big roaring V8 to, to do 20 miles an hour, if you get 20 miles an hour in London, outside London, that, that's just silly, I understand that, but, and I think, yeah, I'm, I'm totally totally fine with electric vehicles, and then I get in my V8 Jag SVR, and the bucket seats hug me, and the V8 starts up and wakes the neighbours, and I throttle it down the road and think, no, nope, I'm not ready yet. I'm afraid I still <laughs> because actually, it, you know, it, it's taking away one of your senses, you know, yeah. your, your senses to drive, and and and, um, and 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 the you know the the uh, the sound of it is so important at the end of the day, but I'm sure it will come. I actually, been to an electric company the other day that they think they're going to you know, synthesize the sound into your electric car so you can have it sounding like you want. So, you know, it's uh, I, I I still think there's a big play for hydrogen. I have to say I've said that for probably sort of six seven years. Um, I know Toyota are plunging a lot of money into it. I know oh. Jaguar looking at it. Oh. Jaguar Land Rover, I remember. Audi are looking at it. Porsche are looking at you know, synthetic fuels. And he so doing the same. Of yeah, are doing the same. So I think there's a bigger play there. But you know, for the for the time being, I mean, you know, look at look at the climates around the world. Look at you know where Europe's on fire. It's 41 degrees in London. How can anyone disagree that this is an emergency and we've got to do everything we can, you know, to stop you know the the, the world polluting. Um, so, if we can make that difference, and that means driving electric cars, for and then we're looking at other sources of hydrogen, then that's the way forward. That's what we have got to look at. There's no question about that. Um, I think England does pretty well. It's of course when you look at it's when you look at the impact of America and China and Russia and India and all the vehicles over there. That's what's going to make the massive difference to uh, to the CO2 if, if they get electric. So. Um, yeah, but, but 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 modern cars as a whole, and they're, they're so good. There's, there's not a bad car on the road, I think, on the car, I, I think they're just so astounding. Uh, I really, really do. So, um, But, you know, they, they do, I have to say, sometimes blend into each other. Um, so because they're all so good, if you kind of blindfold me and put me in the car and, and, and then drive it, I, I wouldn't be sure if I was in a Mercedes or an Audi or you know, a mixture of these cars, BMW, go, yeah, they're, they're all fantastic. So it really does, um, take something special to set them apart in many ways. Um, I, I still would love a Yaris GR. Yes. <laughs> By the way, yes. sorry, a Yaris <laughs> yes. GR. Yes. Like that's my, still my, you know, my, my, uh, and I see something come out. This, this has got to be the Essex boy, a hot hatch lover. <laughs> but I always, I, I, I try to beat it out of me. It won't, I want a hot hatch in white. Um, manual gears, and, nice. You know a Civic, Civic Type R. I had you know, a Civic Type R. I had a of, proper
1: Civic Type R and, back in the old days. Oh yeah. mate, what a car! Proper
0: one. <laughs> <laughs> what a car, mate. So yeah, that's um, that. there's still things that uh, get the, the still love that idea of you know a, a a hot hatch or a mega hatch. You know things that are so fast that you could be driving a. Driving it to the supermarket, but it can take on a Ferrari down to you know the A to B roads, and I, I, I still love that fact. That, that's that's the front of
1: part. Brilliant! It's the dream, isn't it? <laughs> uh, I love it, David. Usually at this time, I would be asking people for their dream drives, but I'm acutely aware that that we've been chatting for a long time, so I'm simply going to ask you just for a, a very brief version of it. So let's let's do a revised version. You can choose. One car, one road and just one passenger, one very special celebrity passenger who I'm expecting you to kit out in well wear, by the way. So you can also tell me what they're wearing. Uh, what are you driving? Who's your passenger? <laughs> Where do you go? And, and how have you how have you fashioned them?
0: OK, so I'm, I'm going I'm going Italy because it's still the place I've raised. I've done the millie millie. It's They're still the most passionate country in the world about cars. Um, and, and they're allowed to drive. Properly in Italy, which is good. Um, there's a, there's a Tuscan road down from Pienza, which I would I would drive Um, as I've mentioned, a Ferrari 330 GTC It's going to be, it have to be a Ferrari you know, a Ferrari 330 V12 classic. And the passenger, I mean, if there was anyone, if we're going dead or alive passengers, it would be Paul Newman. Nice, I would just have to have Paul Newman in my car. Um, I think it would just be an incredible person. Like I look up to him what he's done with charity and acting. He's just one of the best looking guys um, ever. Just, just, just done it all. Had his race team, won Le Mans. You know, he's, he's got to have the greatest stories in the world. Um, and he's a lot of what I, well wear is about. He dressed for functionality, for, um, you know, for, for comfort, for practicality. So I would have him in the ultimate t-shirt, which I know he would love. And, um, you yeah, a, a pair of our, um, a pair of our probably ultimate joggers and I know he would probably love that but that's what he was in all the time so that's
1: it fantastic we'll take that Paul Newman kitted out in the ultimate t-shirt and ultimate jogger I thought you'd give him shorts David to be fair I thought you'd get him in a nice pair of swimming (laughs) shorts
0: Hey, listen. It's Paul Newman. He can have what he likes. Okay, he can <laughs> have the whole range. I don't care. To...
1: <laughs> Stop off by the pool and have a bit of a dip with Paul Newman. Fabulous. Uh,
0: absolutely.
1: David, what a yeah. joy! Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been. An, it's always a joy. Very it's right. always a joy. The Andy J. Podcast.